This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Facing an unwanted or unexpected pregnancy is difficult and frightening at best, but there are resources available to help women cope with the situation. But what about the fathers in these pregnancies? How can they cope? Rachel House, a pregnancy research center in Kansas City, is addressing this need. Rachel House Fatherhood Director, the Reverend Mike Eklund, is my guest on World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. Tropical storm Cristobal moved up through the plains into the Great Lakes region of the northern Illinois and Indiana areas earlier this week. Multiple storms went through the region with a possible tornado, an outburst of 60 to 80 mile per hour wind shear, and strong thunderstorms. There have been many reports of downed trees, power lines, roof and home damage in many communities. Lutheran Church Charities Director of Disaster Response, Kathy O'Day, has and will continue to reach out to alert volunteers and churches and will begin assessment of damage to provide assistance to those affected while maintaining coronavirus safety precautions. Sandra Merritt filed a reply yesterday in support of a motion asking the San Francisco Superior Court to dismiss the charge regarding false identification documents brought against her by California Attorney General Javier Becerra for her undercover journalism work in exposing Planned Parenthood's trafficking in baby body parts. Judge Christopher Height had dismissed six of the original 15 felony charges as he made factual findings that recorded conversations were not confidential. Given those factual findings, Becerra cannot bring those dismissed charges again. Becerra then filed an information on December the 13th, 2019, adding an additional count to Merritt's charges, even though those statute of limitations had expired for any new claims. Liberty Council represents Merritt and has shown that, to date, no other citizen journalist or journalism organization has ever been charged with a crime of undercover recordings made in the public interest. In fact, Merritt and her co-defendant, David DeLayden, the founder of the Center for Medical Progress, are the first undercover journalist to be criminally charged in California history. Este é Notícias Luteranas pelo Mundo. This is World Lutheran News Digest. Good day and welcome to World Lutheran News Digest. I'm host Kip Allen. We have a lot of things going on in terms of helping women deal with pregnancies, you know, whether they are unwanted or unexpected. And of course, there are pregnancy centers and people do uh, use them a great deal for counseling. But you know, there's something missing in that equation. And that is the expectant father. How does the father handle the unexpected or the unwanted pregnancy? How does he prepare for it? Is there any group there that's there to help him? Well, the answer to that question is yes. It's something called Rachel House, which is based in the Kansas City area. And I have one of the directors on the line with me right now, the Reverend Mike Edglund. Welcome to the program, Mike. Thank you. It's great to be here. So what is the situation here? You know, it, it's, I know that there are a lot of programs out there for women hmm. 
But it right. seems to me that the man gets shortchanged in that. I mean, there are two people involved in this equation. Well, you know, Skip, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, never would I downplay the role, obviously, of, of the mother and the child. That's usually important. But uh, the father, if you will, closes the circle. If you look at Scripture, God believed in the family, and the father is part of the family. And so we at Rachel House, uh, just in the last three years, have started to minister also to the fathers, uh, just to help them step up, to honor them as a father, so hopefully they will have a positive influence on their their uh, family. So uh, I, I agree with you. It, it is downplayed somewhat, and I, I don't think God agrees with that, honestly. Well, we in the Lutheran Church obviously believe very much in the family and in the sacredness of life. What type of questions would uh, an expecting father ask you? I, I'm trying to put myself in the position where my wife or girlfriend would come up and say, gee, guess what? I'm, we're pregnant. And sit here and say, oh my well, God, what do I do now? Yeah. They, they might have questions along the lines of, what can I do as a father to help the mother? Uh, and we kind of walk them through that a little bit. And many times they are uh, grappling with whether or not they want to have the child or not. We're obviously a pro-life ministry, Christ-based, so we're pro-life. And although we don't preach, we, we strongly educate in that direction. So if there's any indication that they might be considering abortion, we answer the questions in love, but, but honestly, and we have... Uh, you know, videos that we can show them. We have a model of, uh, of the baby in the womb as it grows. And so we try to educate them to what the baby in the womb looks like and what is happening to the baby in the womb, because many of them don't ever get that. They don't understand that. They don't see uh, what happens to the baby in the womb, honestly. So there, there's those type of questions. There's also questions like, how am I going to pay for this baby? You know, maybe he's unemployed or he's lost his job. Maybe he doesn't have a place to live. So we address things like that. We have, in the Kansas City area, connections with several other ministries that provide housing and food and support for the man and the woman. And so we just see where they're at and, and try to help them as much as we can. We want to share the love of God with them right where they are. No judgment, not, not condemning. We want to share the love of God with them, remind them that they are God's child. And secondly, we want to, if possible, steer them away from abortion because that's who we are. But again, we do, we do that in a loving way, not overbearing, not judgmental. Uh, and if they decide to go the other direction, you know, we, we don't fuss at them. We just, in fact, I've prayed with guys that are considering abortion because I said that's a very, very important decision for you to make. So um, that's what we try to do. And we really just are there to serve them and and sometimes we don't know what they're going to ask when they get in. There's a lot of things going on in their, their mind, and a lot of them are scared, honestly. So, I'm sure it's a very frightening thing, uh, especially someone who has never been a parent before, or uh, certainly this thing we say would be unexpected, and as you said, you know, some, sometimes even unwanted. But right. they come to you because they want some advice. Right. And how, how many young men actually, uh, actually make use of your, of your organization? Growing greatly. You know, Rachel House is uh, now 28 years old. This is the 28th year we've, we've been serving. Uh, the first 25, we served just the women and their babies. And in the last three years, maybe three years in uh, October of this year, uh, we've started the fatherhood ministry, and so it's grown greatly. At first, 
there honestly there weren't a lot of men because the men did not know that it was available. But as the word has gotten out, we've grown and grown and grown. We had, I think, in 2019, close to 500 men that came in through our doors. And uh, up until COVID hit, which, which led us to close for a while, we were well on our pace to break that. And just Friday of last week, I had five guys come in. I had four more on Monday. And so it's been... Uh, been very very busy since we've opened back up, uh, and so I can see us as, as, at some point six, seven hundred, eight hundred men in a year, no problem. But you see, you've been operating now for twenty some odd years, but only the uh, right, men's program right. was only started about three years ago. What was the yes, impetus sir. for this? Why did you decide? Yeah, let's include men in this program. Well, it was our leadership. Kathy Edwards is our director and our board. Uh, again, they believed in the, in the creation mandate, I call it. You know, God did not uh, start creation based upon uh, the state or the school or even the church. The creation mandate was a family, Adam and Eve and the children. And so we did feel like we were totally doing a good job of uh, ministering to the entire family until we added men. And so that was the impetus behind adding the fatherhood ministry. That and the fact that the fathers have influence, and sometimes they don't realize it. But we have found that if the father will step up and tell the woman, hey, I'm here with you, you are not alone, uh, we're going to do this together, we can do this. They very, very seldom will choose abortion. It's when the guy says, you're pregnant, I'm not. We talked about this, I don't want kids. And, and the, or whatever it is, the woman feels abandoned and alone and afraid. That's when she really considers abortion. So we talk to the guys about stepping up, supporting the woman, and, be, and being there to love them. And I even mentioned to them as a, as a pastor that, that that's their God-given role and that God, the Lord expects them to be men and to step up and be good fathers. So there's such a need for that in our culture. I think we all see that in what's going on even now as we speak. There's just a lot of young men that have no direction because they haven't had dads in their lives. I would say half of the men that walk through our doors do not have a father influence. They don't have any relationship with their father. And in some of the classes that I teach, I've become the surrogate father. I've been told that several times in the last few months before we closed, that you're the closest thing I've ever had to a dad. And that just breaks my heart because that's not was not God's plan. Well, I've read someplace that, uh, especially among African-Americans, uh, something like 70% of the children are born out of wedlock, so they are raised without a father. And uh, it's not much better with other uh, ethnicities as well. That's right. There have been a number of studies that seem to indicate that this is a very serious problem and has a lot of impact both on the individuals and on society. Uh, are you aware of those uh, I've, I've read several studies, yes, and, and uh, we, I try to keep up on that as, as we continue, God continues to grow the ministry. You know, I read one in the last six months that talked about just the importance of fathers and how they affect the health and well-being of the child growing up, and it, the, the stats were just staggering. Like, boy or girl, if they don't have a father in the home, is four times more likely to be in poverty two times more likely to be on drugs, two times more likely to drop out of school, and just goes on and on and on. The father makes a difference. And uh, these stats are not from some 
uh, right-wing Christian church. They, they are these stats are from the U.S. Census Bureau that I read. So they're being it's a secular organization that's acknowledging that fathers in the home make a huge difference to the success, success and well-being of the child. And so I'm well aware of that. When I share it to the churches around around the state, I always mention that that this was God's idea. He knows what He's doing, and we need to encourage, implore even challenge the young men to be involved with their, with their family, especially their kids. I, I was fortunate in that uh, I had a nuclear family when I, was being, when I was being raised, and I cannot conceive of growing up without my father. This was the person who taught me what it was to be a man. He taught me Absolutely. everything from how my responsibilities are to, uh, to, to society, to... Uh, how to treat a woman, how to treat children. Without that guidance, who knows where I would have wound up. Absolutely true. And, and when you think about, uh, as you said, a high percentage of African Americans, uh, but a high percentage of all races, and this is not a racial thing, that fathers are needed across the board, and, and many times they're not there. Uh, but yes, just think, of it, think about one issue. Where is the guy going to learn about sex, the birds and bees, what, what that's all about? There's no father to sit down and talk with him and share with him the purpose of that and relationship and sex and marriage. And Where, where is he going to learn that when there's no father to talk to him about that? He's going to learn it from the Internet, or he's going to learn it from somebody in high school that not know what the heck he's talking about. And so it's huge that you have a father that's there to walk their young men, especially through some of the things that they're going to wonder about as they grow older. And this one's another one. Uh, you're, you're right. I, I think, you know, I would never put down single moms. They do a great job on the whole. And I, I have several guys that I minister with that are strong believers that were raised by single moms, so I would never put them down. But that was not God's plan. God's plan was to have a mother and a father together to raise the children and it works best when that happens. So we're just trying to uh, follow through on what I continue to call the creation mandate, and that's having the father and the mother in the home to raise the children. It seems very important to me. As I say, I, I can't yeah. imagine growing up with, without a father. What would that have been like? And you know, so many yeah. people, I think, go astray because they don't have that role model. Uh, you know, the, the single mother may well be doing everything she can be yeah. doing a wonderful job at raising her child, but there is that role model that she simply cannot fulfill. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, um, um, you know, I, I, I was far from a perfect dad, but I love my two sons. I have two sons, 31 and 21, and love them to death. And, and they've said, many times that, you know, they, they learn more from watching me than they do from what I said. Uh, because so many times we as people, maybe we can even talk the talk, but we don't walk the walk. So I tell the guys in class that it's extremely important that whatever we try to tr teach our kids, they see it in our lives, that they see that we're actually doing what we say that we, we want to do and that we're walking the talk, as you say in Christianity. So... Yeah, that's hugely important, and uh, that's another thing we talk about a lot in our fatherhood classes. 
I look at the disintegration of the family, and we've, I'm, I, I, regrettably, I think we've seen that happening uh, with an accelerating pace. 20, 30, 40 years ago, that wasn't the case. Families stayed together. Now it seems yeah. that that's not true. What is going on here? What changed? Well, I, I think it's a spiritual battle. You know, we talked about the fact that marriage and family and raising children as a family was God's idea. So what is the evil one going to attack? He's going to attack what God wants. He wants the family to be successful and to be to be vibrant. And so he's going to attack that, and that's exactly what's happened. And so if the evil one can uh, get a man to cheat on his wife or, or abuse in some way and break up the family, that's what he wants. And I, I've seen that happen too many times as a church pastor where things like that happen. And it's really, really unfortunate that the church is not much better off than the regular secular, secular culture. There's just as much divorce. This is just really sad in the church as there is outside of the church. And so we are uh, are not doing a good job of setting the pace and being salt and light. We need to clean up our own house, our own act, and, and get to where the church is doing a better job of, of uh, showing the importance of the family because... Again, it blows me away that, that Christians have the same divorce rate as, as non-believers, and it, it just shouldn't be that way. Well, something else I've, I've noticed is there seems to be an increasing devaluation of men in uh, in our society today, especially among yeah. certain certain movements. You know, well, the man is not really not necessary for the for the uh, family for the uh, growing process. Yeah. Am I being paranoid, or am I actually seeing what's happening? No. I, I think all you have to do is turn on the TV at, at all the current sitcoms to see that the man is devalued and optional and not important in the fifth wheel, however you want to say it. And, and that's one of the things that, that we address in class also, that, that that's the secular point of view, but that's not God's point of view. We were part of the original plan. The father, fathers are important. Today. We want to honor them for that reason. But, yeah, when's the, when's the, we don't see many Leave it to Beavers anymore or Father Knows Best or any of those type shows that always has some non-nuclear family with two men and women or whatever. And, again, I don't judge and put people down, but the God-given family that we read about in the Scripture is just not portrayed very, very often at all in our culture. And so men get the feeling that, well, maybe it's not such a big deal after all if I leave. Um, so it, it's, it's unfortunate and it's sad. Does a lot of it simply re, uh, go to self-respect on the part of a man? The concept of honor, this is something I think that needs to be reinforced. Gee, you know, I am responsible for this woman. I am responsible for this child she is carrying. And that's a matter of honor mm -hmm. and it's a matter of truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, Kip. That is very important. And I, although I'm I'm loving and patient with the guys during the class time, I do challenge them. And I, I tell them just that, is that this is your responsibility. This is not optional. Your creator, you know, expects you to step up and be the man you're called to be. And so I challenge them. And um, I've never had a young man, and we've been doing these classes now, this, this will be the second year of them, I've never had a, a man that's really uh, been upset with me for doing that. Many uh, many of the guys in, in these classes that we have, again, don't have a father figure, and they've never really been challenged to do the right thing. 
Um, the mom's tried probably, but she didn't feel like sometimes that she has the right influence in the male form of, of what needs to happen. So uh, they don't get that a lot. And so some of the times I challenge them, and most of the time they take it very, very well and take it to heart. And uh, um, so, yeah, that's, that's just the way it is. It's, it's unfortunate that uh, we have such a fatherless society, but that's what's happened. And so Rachel House in our little, little corner of the world in Kansas City area in the state of Missouri is um, wanting to make a difference one father at a time. Well, that's the uh, other thing I wanted to uh, bring up. So far as I know, Rachel House is the is the only organization that's that's doing this type of work. I know individual churches will, you know, where your mm-hmm. couple will go in and they'll have the talk with the pastor yeah. and explain right. everything. But you know, a lot of people right. don't have that. They don't have the they don't have that relationship with the church. They don't have the relationship with the pastors right. or the priests. Right. Um, are you well, are you one of the few? Or are there others out there that you're aware of? Yeah. And uh, I don't have the exact numbers. We're, we're tied in with a group called Alliance for Life, which is a basically a uh, group, a number of pro-life pregnancy centers around the state of Missouri. They have a national you know, a conference each year. And I had an opportunity to speak at the last conference. And I think there was a hundred and some ministries like us that were represented in that conference, and only four of us had fatherhood ministries. And so it is uncommon. There are a few others. I, I know the one in Joplin. And I don't know if there's any St. Louis or not, but it is it is uncommon, but we want to make it more common because that's what God wants. He wants the fathers involved. And, and so if we have a ministry to minister to them, I mean, before, Kip, a man would walk in the, the our, one of our four years, we have four locations, and just sit there. It would take the take the woman back, the mother back, and minister to her, and she just sat there. He might get a bottle of water or how you doing, but he he wasn't really part of the process. So when you include them in the process now, as soon as they walk in the door, they're immediately greeted and and honored as a father, and and it makes a difference. And they that helps them to to, to look at that as responsibility too. When you honor them as a father, they see that you think that's important. They're much more likely to step up and really be the father they're called to be. So we need it to be, I don't want to be preaching on, on all anybody, but I would love it to be more common. And that's one of the reasons why we were able to share the conference we went to. We wanted to encourage some of these ministries to include the fathers, because once that they know that that's available, they will see it grow, because that's what's happened to us. And we're, we're not all that. We're still learning our way, and... We're far from perfect, but God has exponentially grew our ministry because there's a need, and I'm sure that a lot of these ministries would find the same thing if they did it. But as you know, uh, the radio station uh, KFUO is based in St. Louis. A young man is out there in our listing area, say in St. Louis, and is in the situation. Can you help him or, or what? Certainly, um, and I, I can give you some contact information, and we have uh, connections with, with other pro-life pregnancy resource centers around the state. As I said, I know, I know we meet yearly to do a national, to do a state-wide conference, and so uh, if they're not close to us, we can find somebody that's close to them. So absolutely, I, don't want, I wouldn't want any father to feel like that they couldn't get help. 
because I know that there are uh, good people, good pro-life people in, in the St. Louis area, um, you know, that would help them. So I would definitely uh, be willing to help them any way I can. Let's get some information on how people can, can uh, contact Rachel House. Let me, let me just give you, we have a, a, a phone number. It's uh, area code 816-921-5050. I am the fatherhood director, and my extension is 820. So if you have a man that has a question or a concern or a need, just have him call that number and ask for my extension. And if I'm not there to answer immediately, then I will call them back and help them get connected somewhere. I mean, who knows what will happen with Rachel House. We may expand someday to that area. I mean, St. Louis has a lot of wonderful Christian people, and um, so that that could happen. But more than likely, there's there's probably a good place in St. Louis that we could help them find to help them. And there's certainly a crying need for this kind of, of uh, this kind of program for men. Mike, I want to thank you so much for being doing what you are doing and bringing this enlightenment to the listening audience. And God bless you for what you are doing. Well, Kip, I thank you so much for what you do. Um, I'm, I'm just saying a little bit about your station since we've talked and I've got on the line and looked at some stuff. And you told me a little bit ago you were, I think, maybe the oldest station in, in the country or, or one, one of the oldest at least. And that kind of blew me away. I didn't know that. And so thank you for yeah, what you guys are doing. 1924. Oh, my goodness. That's even before <laughs> I was born. <laughs> You're really me old. Me too, and I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? That's important that we, that people have an outlet to good, good Christian information. And uh, I have a lot most respect for the Lutheran Church. I think I told you on the phone when we talked the first time, I have a lot of family that, that goes to Lutheran churches. So uh, a lot of good people in that denomination. So thank you for what you do in your station, and thank you for allowing me to share share our heart at Rachel House. And, again, if we can be of any help to you as a, as a uh, you know, as a— Station or anybody that you come into contact with, you let us know. We certainly will, and I suspect we'll be talking again in the not real distant future. Thank you so much, Pastor Mike Edgland of, of Rachel House. Thank you, Kip. God bless you guys. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.